Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Marcus and Melina De La Cruz. We hope that you'll be blessed by today's message. This morning we're going to talk about our giving, how our giving really makes a difference. You know, you heard that, that testimony about how these kids had an opportunity to go and go to church. And uh, how many you know when you prosper, you're able to send people. Yes. When you prosper, you're able to do things. You're able to get involved in things. The cool thing about tithing is really tithing is an area of faith. It's what people of faith do. Abraham tithed long before it was ever established uh, within the context of of Levitical law and rule. But see, because tithing identifies of faith, how many of you know we're never relieved of the operations of faith? Can I get an amen? In other words, I tithe not because I have to legally... I tithe because it already belongs to God. It's his. It's not yours. That 10% that you have in your bank account, that's his. If you already define that in in the back of your mind that that is his money, then you recognize, well, I'm giving my tithe. No, you've never given your tithe. You're just giving back to God what's already rightfully his. Now, if you want to stop and think about a little bit more in regards to uh, to the garden, God gave man a garden to tend to the garden. And he said, don't touch these, this tree. Why? Because this tree's my tree, yeah. right? So God had, has a way of putting things into your hands so that you can learn to identify and recognize his authority in your life. Yeah, that's right. Recognizing yeah. his voice. Tithing is recognizing who God is in your life. Yeah. It's recognizing that he has voice in your life, right. that he has authority in your life. Yeah. yeah. You know, the world is under a curse. It's a curse system. The world serves under a curse system. So if we disconnect from God's system, people say, well, am I cursed? No, God doesn't curse you. He's saying you're going to be cursed. Boy, it gets real quiet when you talk about, you curse yourself. You curse yourself. You unplug to one system. I'm going to not trust, trust God with my, my, my tithe. So I'm going to unplug for here and then I'm going to plug into the world system. That's a curse system. The curse, because the way the world operates is always, you know, you have to get a job, you have to do this, you have to do that. And then you have to deal with the burdens of the world. You have your, your, everything starts to break down. All the, all the problems that begin to have. It's amazing that when you plug into God's system, how things last. Yes. How there's not holes in your pocket. That's right. How there's plenty of plenty of overtime for you. Yes. How how there's plenty of plenty of resources that weren't there that were made available automatically to you. That's right. It's amazing how you can your money begins to stretch. It does. It does. Supernaturally. Come on. You know, you know it's funny. Those who have that testimony who tithe always have a, are always amazed at how God stretches their money. Yeah. Yeah. Over right. not over. This isn't just one year. One person. Yeah. This isn't just two people saying that. This is multitudes of people throughout the world who've got, who get a revelation of what it is to tithe. Yeah, that's right. Things break down. Yes. Your car gets hit. Yeah. I mean, things, that's because that's what the goods goes on in the world. Right. Their things are always breaking down. Their cars are always getting hit. Things are always happening. I'm not saying that nothing's ever going to happen to you, but for some odd reason, you just seem to have an anointed, you end up, sending, you end up, end up in an anointed bubble of yes. God's protection That's right. because That's right. God is honoring his word That's in your right. life. That's right. That's his right. voice gets louder. Yes. That's right. Amen. People say, well, I want to hear God. I want to hear God. Well, you can't hear God if you're not willing to uh, do what he tells you to do. Yeah. If I tell my, if I'm trying to train an employee or trying to train somebody into uh, walking into the more that I, I have for them, but they're not willing to cooperate, and eventually I just stop talking. Mm-hmm. Not because I don't love that person or like that person. It's just that how many of you ever just talked to somebody and they're not receiving from you and they're not listening to you, and then finally you're like, okay, well, you're kind of doing what you want to do. So why, why am I, why am I here even sharing, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. And parents, you know what I'm talking about. You tell your kids, what are you doing? Why do you keep getting involved? Why do you keep... Then at some point you're like, something's got to change for this person. Something's got to change for that person. So at some point you got to say, something's got to change for me financially. Yes, that's right. That's right. Because this doesn't just affect you. This is affecting your family. That's right. That's why you end up going from job to job to job to job to job to... You know, you should be at a place where, where, you know, 
God is there to promote you. And not just get promoted, but to stay there. It's one thing just to get into a position, but it's, a, it's there's another thing to be anointed yeah. for the position and stay at that position. Yeah. And God will take the least qualified. That's right. That's right. The not qualified. Because right. right. he qualifies. That's right. Amen. He qualifies on faithfulness. That's yeah. right. Amen. He says, I, you, you take good care of, uh, and you're, you're consistent. Yeah. You're consistent with your giving. That's right. And see, there's such a blessing. I, you know, one thing I will say, there is a blessing to tithing. Yes, there is. There's always a blessing to it. Mm-hmm. And I thank you, Father, that we are those people yes. who choose to hear and listen to your voice yes. and enter into that blessing. Yeah. Say, I am, I am that, person that person who hears, who hears, who hears, who hears and, obeys and obeys the very voice, the very voice. of the Father. It's easy for me to give. Say it. It's easy for me to give. It's easy for me to give what already belongs to God. You got to get that in your mouth. It's easy for me to give what already belongs to God. It's his. If something's already belongs to somebody, you don't ever question in the back of your mind. You don't question if something belongs to somebody else. When you question it is because there is a part of you that's still not letting go of the natural man. Can I get an amen? amen? And so you and I, we've got to stay connected uh, in the spirit and not be natural minded. Yeah. See, when we're, we're not trusting God's system and his ways, then we're becoming natural minded and we're becoming wor- other world minded. But not you. No. Say not me. Not me. Amen. amen. So we're going to give this morning. Make your checks payable to the River Church. If you need an envelope, please raise your hand. Make sure you write clear, legibly, so that those around you who, who come up and follow can actually read your Chinese script. <laughs> Amen. And uh, always you got, uh, visit the website. And, and here's the thing. Say, God is able, God is able to make all grace make abound, all abound to me. To me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ushers, go ahead. Who still needs an envelope? Go ahead. Ushers, go ahead and serve the people. God is so good. Today we're not going to have church. We're not playing church. We're not here to... um, You know, I've been teaching here for a little bit for the last few weeks on miracles. And the reason why we've been talking about miracles, because you, as you've heard me say that, that it's, it's time that the church be um, walk in its authority, walk in the place that it's called to walk in. This church has too many children that need deliverance. This church has too many people who need to get delivered themselves. This church has too many folks that can, can walk in further into God's abundance for their lives. But it's going to require our cooperation. And this morning, I want to talk about not only about miracles, but also our roadmap to miracles. There's a roadmap. There's a way of doing things that gets you and I into miracles. Amen. Amen. And if there's a roadmap into getting into miracles, how many of you know that you and I ought to cooperate with that? Miracles just don't fall off a tree, just like ripe cherries. One must purpose in his heart that he is going to allow his life to be open to miracles. Can I get an amen? amen? You cannot sit at home and just get a miracle without ever plugging in to the word of God. You can't get miracles by just simply just, you know, wishing that you would have a miracle or believe that you're deserving of a miracle because you, you go to the river church and yeah. uh, Pastor Mark has che- taught you once on miracles and, and you believe in miracles, but you, you're, you're not making movement to miracles. Yeah. Those things will hinder you. And this morning, we want to remove hindrances. Amen. Yes, amen. Let's open our Bible to Mark chapter 9. A very por- uh, um, familiar portion of Scripture. It's familiar in this church. We've been talking about miracles. We've been talking about your authority. One of the ways that we're going to get into miracles is we need to know our authority. We, right. we need to take our authority. Well, Pastor, you've been talking about miracles for a while already. When am I going to get mine? As soon as you begin to cooperate... As soon as we begin to cooperate, we will begin to see miracles like they did back in the days when they had miracles. 
And I'm going to talk about some of the reasons why these miracles took place. I'm going to talk about some of those reasons why we aren't seeing those miracles, but how we can move away from those, those modes of those operations that causes those miracles to cease. And over here in Mark chapter 9, <clears throat> we'll start in verse 17. Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. Now, mind, he's bringing us. How many people have a child that needs to be delivered? We all have somebody that needs to be delivered. Know somebody that needs to get delivered. One one thing that when we started this church, one thing the word of the Lord came to us, that this would be a church of, uh, I believe Pastor Ike said it, that this would be a place where children would get restored. I I don't know about you, but I I hold on to words like this. I hold on to words like that. Because there's restoration and there's, there's progressions and things that we need to lay hold of. Yes. And in verse 18, he says, whenever it seizes, his, seizes him, it throws him down. He's talking about his son. He foams at the mouth and gnashes at his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they could not cast it out. But they should cast it out, but they could not. And he answered and said, O faithless generation... How long will I be with you? How long shall I bear with him? And one and over there in um, Matthew 17, it says the man came kneeling. Man came kneeling down and then he said, your sons could not uh, cast him out. But he's kneeling. And then Jesus says, oh, perverse generation. You know, sometimes there is an appearance that that we're connected in a way through our actions, but really what's 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 not connected is our heart. Our heart needs to be connected. Can I get an amen? Amen. Our focus when our heart is connected isn't on our children. Our focus is on the answer. The answer is Jesus is your answer. Jesus is your solution. And they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed. You know, but when, when Jesus gets involved, sometimes it looks like nothing's happened. In fact, it looks like things are getting worse. Yeah. That spirit is there fighting. It knows its days are numbered. That's right. That's right. I'm not here to play church. I'm not here just to collect a tithe and send you on your way and you not receive what you, what you ought to have received when you were in church. What, what should you have received when you were here at church? Yeah. Your miracle. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Your miracle. Yeah. There's a miracle here in this room right now. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a miracle right now, ever present, to deliver you in your ever time, ever, ever time of need. That's right. yes. And he fell on the ground and wallowed and foaming at the mouth. He asked his, how long has this, how long has this been happening to him? And and he said, from childhood. And verse 22, and often he throws himself both into the fire and the water to destroy him. So you see, the, when you see an evil spirit, the job of an evil spirit is there to destroy. Sickness is not there just so that you can get a placard on your car and get good parking. It's there to destroy you. Sickness, lack, is there to hold you back to keep you from doing the things that you need to do or want to do in your life. There is a plan of God for your life that requires your cooperation. If you do not cooperate, you cannot expect or anticipate anything good to ever happen to you. This man could not have gotten his child delivered sitting at home. Let's just talk about that for a moment. Men. You want a miracle, but your miracle ain't going to happen when you just sitting at home, sucking down another beer, and, and believing God is going to, everything's going to be okay. That's right. Yeah. Come on, preach it. God wants to get you on the other side of that can. That's right. Some of you need a kick in the can. God wants you to kick some of those addictions that are holding you down. Come on. I know what I'm preaching isn't popular. I got in trouble once for, uh, uh, me and Pastor William got in trouble once for talking about secular music and how it was not good for you. We got in trouble at a church. We said, well, you know, if you're a Christian, you shouldn't be listening to secular music. Well, boy, I tell you, well, we, we got an earful on that one. Oh, that's not right. You shouldn't be telling kids that. Well, how else are they going to get delivered? Yeah. 
How else are you going to get delivered if you're plugged into the wrong thing? That's right. Come on. And then, they, then, then the kids are out there screwing around in the parking lots, having sex. Having sex in the parking lots. Smoking joints in the parking lot. In churches. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. But I've, we've seen it happen. Where did you get pregnant? Oh, I got pregnant at a church in the, park, school, in, the, in the church parking lot. That's happened before. Why? Because people aren't plugging in. People aren't minding their kids. Men aren't stepping up. Where's, where's Sally at? Where's Joe at? They better be in their class. I'm telling you, it's time, to, it's time to live at a higher clip here, folks. We're always talking about, oh, you know, where are the miracles? Well, what are you doing to make steps to have miracles? I'm not going to complain about why they're not happening. I'm not going to just sit there and bemoan and just cry. And, well, where are the miracles going? Where are the mir- I'm, I'm not doing that. We're making movement towards the miracles. Yeah. Praise God. Say, praise God. Praise God. Say, I am, I am a miracle, a miracle. Going, somewhere going somewhere to happen. God is moving, God is moving in my life. I'm not here to play church. I'm showing you right now a road map that you need yeah. to receive your miracle. Amen. I'm not complaining about why there isn't. I'm showing you how we're going to get into it. And as you see that devil threw him down and tried to destroy him. And then the man said, finally, if you can do anything, help us. Sometimes you just say, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing, but all I know is I need help. Come on. Yeah. Many people aren't asking for help. Come on. Do you hear what I said? Many people aren't asking for help for their children. They're not asking help for their jobs. They're not asking help for their bodies. They cry about it. They, 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 they lay there in bed worrying about it. But unless you take your authority over it, unless you stand up and say, God, my eye is on you, nothing is going to happen unless your eyes are on him. Where are the miracles if your eyes are not on Jesus? Your eyes must be on the Lord if you're ever to receive anything. You can come to church, never receive a miracle, because while you're, you're sitting there during worship, your eyes are on, on your problems. Your eyes are... Yeah, come on. What's Bay wearing today? <laughs> I really like that tie that George is wearing. <laughs> yeah. Boy, they make, they're a good-looking couple. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell they're a couple on the move. <laughs> yeah, come on. Distracted. Distracted. Did you look at Joaquin? Boy, he's a fine man. You could tell he's going to be a fine minister of the gospel. <laughs> yeah. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. So distracted. Squirrel! Yeah. <laughs> and we wonder yeah. why we are not having any miracles. We are not having miracles as we should because we're not coming to Jesus with our problems. Yeah. We are not focused on the master. We can't even raise our hands in church because we're so sophisticated. Because we're all that in a bag of chips. Well, what, what are my bros going to think if I'm hold, holding up my hands? What are my bros going to think? Dude, what's my bros, dude? Please. You need to get off of your man horse. Well, some of you men just need to start learning to keep your eye on the Lord when you come to church. Learn to start raising your hands. If a cop held his gun to you and he said, put your hands in the air, you'd wave him around like you just don't care. Because you, you don't want to get shot. You're like, oh, okay. All of a sudden, you become compliant. But yet you got problems. You got issues. You got children on drugs. You got kids that are dealing with cognitive issues. You you've got law, uh, you've got joblessness. You've got bills, and yet you can't open your eyes to the answer and raise your hands and say, "God, I surrender to you, the author and finisher of my yes, faith." Yes, yes, that's right. See, nothing's going to happen, man, differently until you learn to surrender your life. Come on, amen. Come Try as you. I mean, I wish I could tell you something different. Yeah. I can wish you, you know, that it's all under the curse, brother. Yeah. It's all under the curse. You know, you don't have to raise your hands. 
God loves you. You don't have to raise your hand. Oh, that, you're not going to be cursed. That's all, that's all a bunch of, you know, that's just bondage, you know. You don't have to raise your hands. You don't have to worship. You don't have to, no, you get to worship. That's you right. get to tithe. Right. You, you get to get that's victory. Right. But your eyes have got to be on him. I'm not trying to get out of something. I'm trying to walk in something. I'm trying to walk something out. Yes, that's right. You can't walk something out if you're just not walking in. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How many of you know things just don't happen? They must happen by purpose and flowing with God's plan. Stepping into the flow of miracles and keeping and enforcing what is already yours or ours. We must be, we must be, we must discipline our minds and bodies if we are to walk out in total victory. Come on, we must discipline our minds and bodies if we are to walk in total victory. Before we start, I want you to forget every single mistake, every shortcoming you have. Forget the lack of qualifications that you currently now hold. The fact that you're inexperienced. I want you to forget all those things. Now consider, now consider that you are getting on somehow onto a great team, that someone's being assembled. And here's a good thing. Sometimes you don't want people who know too much. Mm-hmm. You know why you don't want people who know too much? Because they know too much. Yeah. Yeah. They have their own ways of doing it, and you've got to train them yeah. in the way that they should go yeah. so that it gets done right. Sometimes you get people who come in these uh, jobs, they have, too, they have all these degrees, and they know too much. They become a, big, they become a liability mm-hmm. because they don't do the job right. They just have their theory. And, they, and, they, and then they try, to, they try to get in other people's way because they're trying to prove their theory. So sometimes it's just easier to get a, a group with a clean slate. Yeah. So I'm glad you don't know anything. Are you willing to be trained? Yes. Do you have experience? No. Do you know what you're doing? No. Pray. Are you, can you follow direction? Yes. Good. Good. You can follow direction? Good. That qualifies you. You want God's best? You, you want God's best? Yes. Good. But it's going to require you to listen. It's going to require you responding. Not just sitting through life like an unplugged TV. I'll just let that marinate a little bit. I've had some great coaches in my life where I didn't know anything, but I trusted the man. I trusted him. I trusted him to instruct me. I never looked at the people I was wrestling. I just, I just received his instruction and I was able to beat some pretty big guys. I'm not big in terms of stature, but in terms of skill and who had some notoriety, I was able to beat them. Why? Because I trusted the man that taught me. I didn't look at other people's credentials. I didn't look at what other people's history was. I didn't care about their legacy. Why? Because I'm here to burn your legacy down. I'm here to turn some things around. I'm here to leave a mark. I may not be able to beat you, but I'm sure to leave a lot of marks on you before I leave. Right? So you got to start thinking. Is the current flow of my life working? It's, forget about what the church is saying or, or what you're not listening to. Well, let's just rephrase that because, you know, the church does a lot of good things. You know, I'm not saying anything here that's not new. I'm not saying anything here new that has never been, ever been preached. I don't, I don't major on minors. Well, the church never preaches. You know, there's things I preached years ago and then I'm not, I'll go, I'll, yes, Lord, I won't go there. But we're not going to major on minors. We're going to major on what's important, which is a connected life. Coming to church, not playing game, not tiptoeing through the tulips, not playing patty cake. All out. out. Too many church people come to church are just sitting there playing uh, patty cake and can't wait to get out of church and have coffee and smoke cigarettes in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. I'm not, we're not doing that here. That's right. That's right. 
No, there's no cigarettes in the parking lot. I know what you're thinking. <laughs> there's cigarettes in the parking lot? No, there's no cigarettes. <laughs> How come I haven't seen no cigarettes in the parking lot? Because you have to be part of an elite group. Praise the Lord. J.R. and Carmen Goodwin. Has, I know many of you have never heard of them by their first name, but the good ones. They're known as Mom Pop Goodwin. They were considered what, what Brother Hagin would consider one of the most spiritual people he had ever, uh, church, a group of people that, that they had ever known. They had a church of 300. They were landlocked. They couldn't just get a bigger building. But they didn't seem impressed in their hearts to go get a bigger building. They, they had such a voice in, in their teaching and their spirituality that they may left their marks on people like Howard Carter. If you know anything about Howard Carter, he, that's the gentleman that Lester Summerall went and sought up after, and he taught him about, he taught him about the gifts. And Lester Summerall found him in Australia yeah. by the leading and the unction of the, of the following of the Holy Spirit. Right. Can you imagine? You don't even have a phone. You can't even look at Brother, Brother uh, uh, Carter's uh, itinerary. You don't even know where he's going next. Right. So he's like, okay, where Father, he left, and I don't know where he left, but I know I'm supposed to be with this man. Yeah. So what is he? He follows the Spirit on the inside of him. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yes. So there's things. Come on, that's good. There's things that, that are being taught uh-huh. that need to be caught. Yes. Too many of us are running too quickly to our phones. Too many of us are too distracted. We're, trying, we're looking too quickly to our phones rather than looking to our, what our spirit says. These people have an extraordinary church. Extraordinary. I want to be that church. I want to be the church of 300 who has the most extraordinary miracles Amen. with the most spiritual people that make a mark on the world. Yes, come on, come on. I'm going to tell you right now, come on. you are on that team. Yes. Amen. I'm going to say it over here. <laughs> right now, yes. you are in a church that is extraordinary yes. and you're on that team. You're on that team. Yes. That's right. Yes. That's right. You could have gone to Boston, but no, you ended up at the Warriors. <laughs> and you were on the Celtics and you weren't that lucky. <laughs> I like that. I'm not going to use that song. Come on. We need to have a desire to change. We, we want to get into things, but we can't get into unless unless we make a movement. Mm-hmm. Let's open our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. <laughs> the Lord told me this. He said, Pastor Marcus, you're a man of miracles, and those who are here are, are the offsprings of his every heart's desire. You are the offspring of miracles. Amen. You are people of faith. If God did it before, he'll do it again. I said, if God did it before, he'll do it again. If he opened up blind eyes, guess what? And guess what? You know, years ago, I was at an Anaheim convention. I was out there walking outside and there were a man who had never seen was opening his eye. He goes, what is are that? Is that the stars? Is that a tree? I felt him, but now I see it. Wow. Wow. He had to have, he had to have someone help him because it was like, you got to realize you've never seen. So everything becomes like, ooh. And I'll tell you what, that marks you. You never forget something like that. When you see a man who was blind, who now sees. It marks you. And I'm glad I got to be there for that. You know why I got to be there? For, because it says to me that God is still doing miracles. That's right. If he did them in Anaheim, if he did it in the 1930s, That's if he right. did it in the 1920s, yeah. we need to keep up with it. That's what right. was the difference between now and then? The difference is, is we're all distracted. Yeah. Yeah. Distracted. Yeah. I'm reading a book on God's generals. And I'm reading about the Wesley brothers. 
John and Charles Wesley. His mother begins, Susan Wesley, begins to read to her children from the Bible. And as she's reading the scriptures and giving them a sermon, the servants hear it. They listen. But see, the, none of them are distracted. They don't have cell phones. They don't have TV. All they have is someone who has an ability to read. Not everybody can read. Back then, like you, or maybe you can sort of read, or you choose to ignore what you read and act like you can't read. A whole different topic altogether. So she begins to read, and all of a sudden the servants come in and want to sit while she's reading. And all of a sudden the servants, they invite their friends. And next thing you know, she has a large group of 100 to 200 people. And people get up, are getting upset because she's reading the Word of God. People want to hear the Word of God. They don't want to hear our opinion. They want to hear the Word of God. They want the miracles. They're hungry for it. It is a dinner bell. Yes, indeed, it is a dinner bell. But if our focus and our energies or just on why things aren't happening, we'll never get anywhere. But our focus and energy is finding out why it happened and what are the steps necessary for me to make. And one of the biggest necessary steps is your eyes and your heart must be on the Lord. That's right. That's right. Not on the distractions. Yeah. Good. If if, if you make the decision right now on the inside of your heart, like I'm, I see some of you, so I'm taking some of those dis- things that distract me. If you start taking some of those things out of your heart and start meditating on the Word of God, your heart, will, your heart and your life will begin to change. Yeah, that's right. It will, it will begin to change. And over here in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, Therefore, also, therefore we also, since, we sur- since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, you know what? You have a cloud of witnesses watching you from heaven, family members, Men of God of old. I, I sometimes wonder if, if Smith Wigglesworth ever watches these services from where he's at. I'm going to watch this service. I'm going to watch that service. Oh, Lord, what's going on there? I, I just, you know, because you're, you know you're not going to just sit around doing nothing in heaven. You've got places to go, things you want to see. And people are, oh, I'm going to go to this football. People, people in heaven aren't concer- concerned about the, the, the athletic events of the world. They're concerned about the, the moves of the spirits of this move in the spirit of God. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So there, say, he says, lay aside. Go, oh, hope there, forgive me for a moment. Therefore, also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, every weight, every weight. Well, you know, I've been date, I've been with her, I've been married to her for years. I'm just going to lay that weight aside. No, we're not talking about relationships. That's right. We're talking about distractions. Things that may tear your, your marriage apart. Things that t- t- take those things that are going to keep you from keeping your eyes on the Lord, the answer to your problems. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Amen? And the sins. Keep, keep your eye on Him and, and, and lay aside the sins which so easily ensnare us. Let us run with endurance the race which is set before us. If you were to receive your miracle, your eyes will have to be on Jesus. Smith Wigglesworth went to a friend's house with a group of friends. And they were all praying. God, these are some of the things I wrote down that some of the friends were saying. Well, more or less, they all said the same thing. They all took their turns praying. Persons that they joined hands. And you've got to realize Smith is a real faith man. So he's just gnawing on the bit when he hears these people praying. He's just like someone who's like, he's not impressed and he's not happy with what he's hearing. Because this lady's sick and she's going to die. And so I'm, I'm telling you right now, this is the kind of prayer you would never want to hear. If someone who says, I'm going to come over and pray for you because you're sick and you're nigh unto death. You would never want to hear Pastor Marcus, Lord, Lord, take him quickly. Yeah. Take care of the children. Yeah. Well, that's what, he, that's what his friends are doing. Yeah. Lord, he'll help him bear it through this tough time. Yeah. Teach him how to make it without her. Right. Comfort the children. Mm-hmm. That is not God's best for you and that's I. That's right. That's right. Amen. Do you remember the Old Testament? In the Old Testament, when the, when, when the Israelis were bitten by the serpents, and Jesus, and Jesus, and Moses made a bronze serpent, and he raised it up. Yeah. 
And everybody who gazed on the serpent was, was made healed and whole. She says, Jesus was lifted up on the cross for your healing, your deliverance. So when you're worshiping and you need healing, you see Jesus on the cross delivering you, healing. By, every, by all his stripes, you are healed. You are the healed. You were the healed. You're not trying to get healed. You're just taking what's already. So you keep your steady eye and your gaze on the works of what he had already accomplished on that cross. Amen. Amen. So when you worship, I said when you worship, you'll hold a steady gaze on him. Amen. You'll keep your eye on him. And, and the Amplified, it says this, and, and um, it says, looking away from all those distract, from all that will distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of, of faith, giving the first incentive, uh, incentive for our belief and is also a finisher bringing to maturity and to perfection. He, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame. You know, Jesus had to look beyond the cross at what he was going to accomplish. So Jesus had to look at the cross and not give it much thought. He saw what was beyond the cross. He saw beyond the cross. When you come to church and you come to Jesus, you got to come to Jesus and recognizing what is not just Jesus, but what's beyond just behind Jesus, which is your healing, your deliverance. Looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. That word finisher means, is, is the word tele, tele, teleosis. And that word just means, it's, it means a consummator. To consummate. It's the same way in the sense that a woman and a man have a baby. They consummate. Seed, two seeds are brought together and they bring life. You come together. You bring yourself to Jesus. And Jesus seals the deal with his word. And the two together, yes. the two together produce that which you're believing for. Come on, that's right. So what you're believing for is already finished. Yeah. It's already been accomplished. Yes. That's why we hear you're not trying to get healed. You're already healed. That's right. You just receive what's already yours. Unto Jesus. That's why I like that song, I Surrender All. See, that's what, that was the difference. A lot of people were just sort of, the, the number one thing that happened, why miracles that are happening is because every, back in those days, it's because people would live consecrated lives. That's right. Amy Simple McPherson, she told her group not to enter in a movie theater. They live consecrated lives. They believe that if you're going to go to a movie theater, you're going to go to hell. <laughs> God is my witness. They said it. It's in their little thing. You're like, wow. They made pledges of living uh, of holy lives, yeah. pleasing lives. Now, I'm yeah. not telling everybody here not to watch movies, yeah. but I'm asking you, if that movie's going to take you from a fellowship with God uh -huh. and deeper intimacy of knowing who he is, is the movie worth it? Mm -hmm. Just a thought. Is the secular music worth it? If it's going to, is Smith Wigglesworth, boy, this really got me late last night. Two nights, late last night and two nights ago, or it's two nights, or late last night, and I was looking at this, I was looking at a video of a news, of a news story, and then I thought to myself, you know, Brother, Brother Smith would never have allowed a newspaper in his house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Two of us know what's, you know, here's another thing. How is it so Christians know so much about Donald Trump and everything that's going on, but they know very little about the word? <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm, don't preach me. I'm not preaching. Hey, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a trumper. I'm going to admit it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit my faults once another so that you may be cleaned and healed. So don't judge me. I've, I, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm owning up to this. If I know about more about politics 
than know about what's going on in the Word, you, we may have a problem. You're distracted. You have a problem. That's why you can't get no relief. We should not be consumed with the, what the world's doing. Yeah. You know why? Because they're all going to go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> they are. They're going to hell. Yeah. They don't know Jesus. They haven't Jesus made Jesus their life. Is it God's will that they go to hell? No. 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 God wants them to unplug from the world and plug into him and stay plugged in. Yeah. Keep plugged in. You don't stay plugged in by not going to church. You stay plugged in by staying plugged into God. That's right. <laughs> you get your answers. You come to worship. You come to worship to get your eyes on Jesus. So that you can hear from God. Yes. You, you're, what you're doing is you're clearing the table when you worship God. Yeah. Come on, that's good. I'm clearing my calendar. I'm clearing my worries. Yeah. I'm clearing about the, the great, my kids' grades. Or I don't know what the, I'm, my, what the college you're going to go to. I'm clearing the table. Yeah. My eyes are on the Lord. Yes. Amen. Amen. Then I get to hear what God has to say through the preacher. Yeah. That's right. yes. Am I helping anybody? Yes. Amen. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Yes. We need to step into what the Father has for you and I. Yes. If you're going to hit the ball, you're going to have to keep your eye on it. It's a great baseball analogy. But people's eyes are... Pro baseball players don't just go out there and go... <laughs> they don't play baseball like T-ball. <laughs> you ever see the little kids, they put the ball on the tee, they hit the ball, and then they run the wrong way? Well, the problem is, is the church has been playing, baseball, playing the, the game of life like t-ball of a yeah. sixth grader. Distracted. Yeah. Oh. I was one, years ago, I was watching, I was like, I, I don't know how coaches or how you even coach little kids that, can't, that are chasing butterflies when they're supposed to be playing baseball. It's like herding cats. Yeah. You can't herd cats. Have you ever, has anybody ever heard of a, a cat's herdsman? No, it doesn't exist. Your, your thought life shouldn't be your cat life. Your thought life should have some discipline. It shouldn't be trying to look out how to get out of things. It should be looking how to get into things. I've said that once in the very beginning, I'm going to repeat it again. Because we, we need to we need to not only get in things but we need to experience things. That's right. That's right. Come on. Amen. Good preaching. It's not enough. Just it's like I said. It's just not enough to talk about it. Yeah. And we can't get We got to learn not to get distracted by every new wave of doctrine. Come on. Come on. I remember back in the days when uh, I was into punk rock music and there was before the punk, well, I got into the new wave. You, know, you guys know, don't know what new wave music is, thank God. But a lot of people listened to it on the 80s music. Oh, I like that 80s music. And we thought we were cool. We did our hair weird. We, we painted our fingernails black. See, they're doing it again. Yeah. We thought we were cool, but we were distracted. Not knowing that there was a better life. We were trying to follow something that we thought was different on the cutting edge people in churches we're going to teach you things that have never been taught before stay away and run quickly that's right that's right run there's nothing new under the sun even the devil regurgitates his own vomit now and then only to see people run up and lick it up and, and walk with it yeah yeah it's true that's what it is satan just vomits his junk again people pick it up oh I'm under grace. I'm not under the law. I can live however I want to live. No, you can't. In fact, oftentimes we see in the book of Acts, we see great examples of people who lived under grace fall dead because what they supposed was grace was not grace, but it was Luciferian in nature. Lying to yourself will not make, not make you join to the line of the tribe of Judah. How many of you remember King uh, Nahum? God said through the prophet, Nahum, 
because the little girl said, hey, my servant, and he's sick, and Naaman, he says, I, I, Naaman says, uh, uh, the prophet says, not even to him directly, he sends his servant, uh-huh. a servant, he says, oh, why don't you go dip into this, uh, the, the waters of Israel, and he's like, Israel, of all the places to send me, there's better, there's better rivers, why is he going to send me to nasty old, uh, this nasty river, uh-huh. one that's polluted, Man, send me to Damascus. There's at least two greater rivers in there. They're clean. They're nice. You're going to send me to, to, to Israel? That doesn't make sense. See, we want consistency. I say we want consistency. I don't want to just a little trickle of God's goodness. I want to be in the miracle flow of God's business. I want to be right in the middle where God is flowing the most. And see, that's why people get, get, can get frustrated because, you know, well, miracle happened here and I didn't get it here and, and everything becomes hit and miss. God doesn't want you to live a hit and miss life. That's right. He doesn't. That's right. Amen. No more hit and miss. That's right. So Naaman finally obeyed. He finally listened to, despite what things look like, despite how that, that water looked unclean that, that was given to him, he just obeyed and just said, I'm going to listen to what the man of God said. I'm going to step in that flow. I'm going to dip myself. And our, he, I mean, he was so glad he did it because the Bible said when he came up, he came, his skin was as fresh as baby skin. I'm going to tell you something. Many of us have to start to listening to what the Holy Spirit is telling us. Yes. And it's going to first come by listening by the preaching of the word that came from the pulpit. That's right. if, you do not, if you're unable to listen to, from what comes from the pulpit, unable, well, you're just a man. You're right. I'm just a man, but I'm a man that God chose to use. If you can't look beyond the man and hear the voice that God is speaking to you right now, you won't go very far. You'll step backwards. In fact, the ministry or the things that God wanted to put and impart in your hands will not come to the fullness as they should have come to the fullness because you're stepping backwards. You're trying to figure ways of doing things without having to do things. We are to walk in the light as he is in the light. And if we have fellowship with one, one another, come on, we, he cleanses us from all our sins. But if we allow sin to reign in our lives, the b- b- scripture talks about how great is that darkness. A little darkness does not do you. Amen? Amen. So this is the very important part. Uh, Brenda, where's Brenda at? Go up on that panel, please. I'm going to ask you to do something right now. Very important. It's important because as we enter and get into doing this, this is going to help you. We have children here that need you to do what I'm going to ask you to do. Do you hear what I'm saying? We have adults here who need a miracle, who need to do what you're about to do here. And I don't want anybody to get distracted. We are going to worship the Lord. Our eyes are going to be on Him. One of the things I used to love, I used to love seeing Benny Hinn. Most of the, before he even laid hands on people, they had like about three hours of worship. People thought, well, that's just three hours of music. No, it was three hours to get people's hearts, eyes on the Lord. That's why miracles happen. Because people as a group make the decision to keep their eyes on the Lord. So again, put aside your qualifications. Put aside your past or abilities. Because God wants to use that this morning. He wants to use you. Someone who thinks they're not qualified. Someone who, who, may, not, who may be living on the edge. God wants to bring you away from the edge. So let's stand. I don't want to see one man with his hands down. Because men, you are the thermometer. Men, you are the thermometer. 
of why miracles either happen or won't happen. Men, you are the thermostat of your local church. And if you don't participate, you will cause someone else their healing. I'm not talking to ladies. I'm talking to the men right now. It's easy to get a woman into worship. Men, God needs your worship to deliver those around you. To deliver those who are in your home. That's right. He needs you to focus on him. That's right. We are going to take some things that rightfully belong to us this morning. Yes. We're taking it. But our eyes are going to have to be on him. Yeah. Like Jesus, like the serpent that was raised up, that Moses raised up. Jesus is raised up. That's right. Our eyes are on him. So when we raise our hands and worship, we're saying, Father, I surrender. Let's just raise your hands right now and just say this. Father, I surrender my life. My heart, my focus is on you. I worship you, Jesus. I worship, see Jesus. You know, we grew up with rock videos in our days, in the 80s. We saw videos. See Jesus right now in your mind, sitting and watching you, smiling back in you, and, and glad. So let's just worship him. Worship him, you Father. You deserve the glory and the honor. So we lift our hands and worship as we glorify your name. You deserve the glory. Now stop right there. Stop, stop me, stop. I'm going to tell you something. Mom and dad, good one. They were having a prayer worship at their home, prayer, prayer group at their home. And while they were having prayer, um, all the ministers that were there, uh, mom, good one, said to a minister, uh, brother so-and-so, um, you're not hooked in like you should, or you're not hooked in like you should be. You need to hook in. He said, I'm sorry, mom. Yes, you're right. That was me. She could tell he wasn't hooked in. You need to be hooked in. Mm-hmm. All of us. Mm-hmm. All of us. Mm-hmm. There's just a, couple, just a couple of you in there that just need to hook on in. So we're going to enter again. No, don't look at me. It's because, like, you know, how many of you have done burpees in a, in a, in a you just, everyone's going to, we're going to start all over. <laughs> we're going to start all over because we're entering this right this year. Yeah. Amen. Too much is on the line. Amen. Too much is on the line. Right? Right? Too much is on the line? Too much is on the line to just sit there and not cooperate. We need to surrender up. Amen? Let's just start that again. Let's raise our hands. Let's raise them up. Look at him. Look at him with your heart. See Jesus in front of you. We lift our voice to you. You deserve the glory. You deserve the glory and the honor. So we lift our hands in worship as we glorify your name. You deserve the glory and the honor. Sing that from your heart. So we lift our hands.